Hey everybody, editing Ashley just popping up here with a real quick correction at about the one hour mark. I erroneously claim that Sir Gawain's mother and Lamor Darthur is Morgan Le Fay, Morgana. That's not true. In Lamor Darthur, the mother of Sir Gawain, as well as the mother of Mordred, is Arthur's other sister, Morgos, who is not in this movie. This is why I made that little mistake, but anyway, I think my point at the time still stands because Morgan Le Fay is Gawain's aunt. Enjoy the episode. Beyond the veil, someone reaches out for me. Racing on a course of and clad in gleaming mail. I shall answer none but he who bringeth me the grail. I need a hero. I shall hope for a hero till the end of the night. Could I but afford my... Hello, Leonora. Hi, Ashley. Well, it's the big one. Yeah, we saved it. We saved it. We saved it for as long as we could. Yep. But we treat ourselves in December. <laughs> yeah, October turned into our like wretched month, and, <laughs> and then December is the little treat at the exactly. end. Exactly. So you know, as much as we love the Green Knight, um, Excalibur is the is the original. It is the greatest. It's the. I mean, it's like the only good one that tries to do the whole thing. And frankly, like yeah, it's it's just an insane and ambitious thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Um. And, 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 like, love this movie as I do. It definitely does, like, suffer in some ways because of that. <laughs> yes. You know? Like, it's Be, not, it's not its perfect. its lack of focus, yeah. Yeah, it, it feels very episodic in some ways. Yep. And it's because it's adapting a, a tradition which itself is quite episodic. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's... I don't think that everyone would enjoy this film. No, it's true. I think everyone who's don't. really into King Arthur would enjoy this film. And that's the thing. I think that going through what we've done for the past like almost two years doing mm-hmm. the Grail Quest, uh, I enjoyed it even more. Yeah. With the benefit of comparison. Yeah. <laughs> to so many other films that I hadn't seen. Because I already enjoyed it before, but I had some more of those thoughts about it being kind of episodic or really tonally odd. Yeah. Because it is a tonally unique uh, film. That is true. Uh, but this time I was just like, oh, yeah, it's like King Arthur, but like they're doing it all really well. Yeah, they're so, just taking it and adapting it and making some changes because they're adapting it and like just trying to make a King Arthur movie, just like a real straight up and down King Arthur movie. Like for me, and I mean, you and I are again in a unique spot having watched so many of these by now. <laughs> My biggest gripe against Excalibur is that it gets away with some things due to the quality of the filmmaking mm-hmm. that later filmmakers who are perhaps inspired by the film fail at. Sure. <laughs> and so you realize, oh, this was responsible for this and that other not so great thing that we watched. It, yeah. Like it's was like what a I guilt by association. Seeing. That's what I found of. myself seeing a lot. I was like, so this is the good version of this dumb thing that yeah. and we I mean, were subjected that's, to. You know, when something becomes sort of the template. Yeah, absolutely. Things start ripping it off poorly. I mean, and like, you know, no shade to anybody here with the result with the the, the remark i'm about to make mm-hmm. uh zack snyder cited excalibur as his favorite film of all time i mean i can see that and i Which, can see why i don't often love the guy's work but it does track definitely 
and so it's like when you watch broadcast news and you're like, oh, no, this is how we got Aaron Sorkin, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is where you came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. For better and for worse. For better and for worse. Though I will say, like, if you call, if you say, like, oh, Excalibur, the original Zack Snyder movie, I think you're underselling Excalibur. That's my personal oh, opinion. Yes, very much so. But yeah, you can see the influences yeah, on his work for yeah, sure. For absolutely. sure. Well, okay, because yeah, like the tone, you brought up the tone of this film, and it is like, it is very, um, I mean, it's just, it's working in this mode of mythology. Yes. And it's it's often quite broad. Uh, yeah. And it is occasionally pretty horny. Yeah, that uh, that some of that is just John Borman. Yeah, but that's the movie. I mean, he made the movie. Yeah, uh, and it is. I, I mean, I think sometimes very anticlimactic. Also, yeah, given what we're used to expecting from epic films, which is, I think, really interesting. Given that it's like, yeah, drawing on a source material that sometimes things just sort of happen and then yeah. stop happening, and you know, it's like, yeah. it, it, it's not always all leading up to something. <laughs> like, and the the first time I ever saw this movie, that really frustrated me about it. Mm-hmm. And I was a lot younger at the time, and I just wanted it to be cool. Sure. And sometimes it's cool, but other times it like really steps on its own foot. Now I think very on purpose. Yeah, which now is what I've come to really love about it. I mean, it is an adaptation of Lamorte to Arthur explicitly. Yes, and in the credits it says so. It is. It is that. Like it. It yeah. really is that. In in. I think more so than any other film that purports to be that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, usually we talk about the movie and then you tell me all the sort of like edges that got smoothed over Mm -hmm. almost to a really boring extent Mm -hmm. compared to the source material. Yeah. This is this is smooth as less of those edges. over, Right. And it almost seems it's more just out of the sake of like satisfying storytelling and like streamlining a time constraint I yeah think i mean is a big we've one. got characters that have been sort of merged and excised yeah. and you know we're just we're trying to ultimately as much as borman is willing to do the like anti-climax thing like he's gotta he's gotta have some kind of a conclusion here of course so yeah. so things end up being uh structured in such a way that they sort of lead to each other absolutely in a way that maybe doesn't always track within yeah. mallory mm-hmm um, which is good. I mean, it makes yeah. for a more enjoyable film watching yeah. experience. So I'm not going to begrudge him that. Because I'm like, I'm thinking maybe the most uh, unbound by conventional story structure movie we've watched. If we're, you know, if we're not talking ineptitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> Intentionally. Unconventional. Would be Percival. Yes. And this is like a really respectable second yeah, yeah, definitely. In that it's not French, but it's way more <laughs> it's out more there. It's more French than anything it's else. It's way more out there than you would expect, like, an yeah. English language studio budget film to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's... I mean, and like, you know, it is not an adaptation of all of Lamorte d'Arthur. There is a lot of stuff that gets left out and skipped over because it's the stuff that everybody leaves out and skips over. Yeah. Because it's all of the stuff that feels sort of beside the point. Right. You know, it's just the adventures of various knights doing things and going to castles and, you know, rescuing ladies and chopping off heads and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's all implied that that's happening, but we've got a few time jumps in here because it's just like, 
we don't we don't we don't need that we don't want it. No. <laughs> we don't want to see all that the movie is already two and a half hours long yeah no it's impossible to adapt all of it so like yeah they you know he skips the stuff that isn't needed but um is willing to let certain moments be weird oh yeah <laughs> willing and leans into it sometimes <laughs> yeah. um anything you want to like lead with before we get into the summary oh, just like for context yeah sure yeah i mean i don't know i it was gonna be lord of the rings yeah that's a weird little fun fact there uh borman and, and rospo pallenberg i guess had written this first oh and united artists at the time which was the time being the early 70s mm-hmm. were like this would be way too expensive try to do lord of the rings <laughs> that is so funny and they tried to do lord of the rings for a long time and couldn't because obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a turns out really hard yeah make. their script for lord of the rings is on the internet which is shocking it's a great read it would have been a horrible movie you know yeah, it's it's it, it's a it's it's super weird, and it it is so funny to me that you that 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 that, it, that, that script th- this script yeah. came first. Yeah, because it's like was he just trying to like make the Lord of the Rings into the King Arthur movie he wanted to be making? There, there's times where I really wonder about that, especially just because there's there's such an emphasis on the sword as an object that mm-hmm. like means something well and we have the additional object of the grail yes and i was thinking that not only is the handling of excalibur kind of the reverse of the handling of the ring in lord of the rings right and that like excalibur makes you better and or more it, it than demands human, you to demands be you to be better but also the search for the grail is kind of like throwing the ring into the fire you know it's like a hard Mm -hmm. journey right you have this 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 seemingly like undefeatable quest that you have to like and temptations to make it easier that won't well that will result in failure Mm -hmm. and also like just things like what ends up happening with merlin feels very gandalf oh it's very well because yeah that's an interesting thing we can talk about is sort of the the return of Merlin yeah. being a fairly unprecedented thing. Yeah, um, that's definitely not the case it's, in in Mallory. It's that is shocking. Not that does not happen in Lamorte Arthur. Or you know, Merlin leaves very very early and he is gone. He's gone. He's yeah. fully gone. He never comes back. We have Nimue to sort of take his right. job. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Merlin doesn't come back once he's left. He doesn't. He doesn't do an Obi Wan Kenobi. Like that and doesn't happen. Not only does he do that in this film, but it's quite a spectacular thing. Uh huh. Like it, it, it's integral to the climax of the film. Deeply. And so I think that the projects probably informed each other in certain ways. Must have. Like, because frankly, in Borman. In his script for Lord of the Rings, Gandalf is too much of a Merlin. <laughs> like, you can see where... This Merlin came from. Because he's doing a lot of, like, yelling and proclaiming mixed with these, like, casual moments. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just the same. And I think also Borman is clearly really interested in a theme that's true in both, which is, like... 
the time of magic is ended, the time of man yeah. is at hand. Well, and of course, that is something that comes up pretty often in sort of Arthurian adaptations. Right. But I, you know, I'm not sure what the sort of genesis of that is, because it's not in, like, it's not in Mallory. Right. It's not in these older texts. So I don't know if, like, Borman borrowed that from Tolkien and started that I think that it's very here. possible. I don't know if that theme yeah. that comes up before this film. I... Not in the ones that we've watched. Yeah. Because frankly, usually before this movie, Merlin, the only one I can think of where Merlin is a really prominent presence is the Sword in the Stone. Right. Which is pretty different. It, very different. I feel like in most of the older King Arthur movies that we've seen, Merlin is either just hanging mm-hmm. and he's just there and it's not a big deal. The like idea it, of magic is not at conflict with anything. No, or there just isn't any. Yeah. Yeah. yeah either no magic or yeah. just magic is just a thing that's around. Yeah. So the and idea of like magic going away. Is a new one. Mm-hmm. And it is a thing in Tolkien. And so you wonder. Mm-hmm. You wonder. There's things like I did notice that... Um, the words fellowship and ring get used a lot in mm-hmm. the scene where the round table is being devised, mm-hmm. which is just funny and cute. Yeah, that's true. That's really funny. <laughs> Could be a total coincidence, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so there's that strange Lord of the Rings connection. Yeah. I think it's also interesting and funny and worth noting that now... The, the lead, and I mean, at the time, really nobody in the cast was like a big A-list name. Right. Which is unusual for King Arthur movies. Mm-hmm. Now, when you watch it, it's like the whole supporting cast is full of these really famous guys. Yeah. And the leads are totally unknown. Yeah, you got Gabriel Byrne in here. Yeah, got Liam, Liam Neeson, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Apparently, this was like a really huge movie to have been filmed in Ireland at the time. Hmm. And now we have famous Irish actors, but at the time, that wasn't really a thing. Yeah. So apparently the reason why the cast of this movie is not very famous, and the reason why a lot of the supporting cast is now very famous, is because it was kind of unprecedented that they filmed it in Ireland. Hmm. So do you feel we're ready to start our... Absolutely. Start our thing. Okay, so um, I guess right off the bat... Love this font. Yeah, it's a very fun font. <laughs> it's a very late 70s, yeah. slightly groovy, slightly medieval font. Yeah. I want to know what that font is called. <laughs> I love it. Um, but it's just talking about the Dark Ages. The land was divided and without a king. Um, and this is great because it, like, it gives us all the context we need yep. with the barest like historical setting possible. Uh, we love that. Yeah. This is like what we said about 2004 King Arthur. They told us too much mm-hmm. and then we could just pick it to death. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you tell me this is the Dark Ages. I can say, no, it's not. But they don't even mean the Dark Ages, Dark Ages. They like they just, just They mean this mythic idea of a time called the Dark Ages. What they've told us up front and what they want the vibe to be, total match. Mm-hmm. Which is what we want. Yeah. Because, like... You can criticize them, like, if you're into history for not doing the thing you wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. But you can't say they're shooting themselves in the foot at all. No, not at all. Well, because it's like, you know, the Dark Ages is is at this point an outmoded term. I don't know that it was necessarily in 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 1981. But it's outmoded, but it generally refers to the early Middle Ages. And it sure as heck, this is not. Yeah. This is not that. Because you've got, like, the plate armor and the whatnot. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that tells me this is not the early Middle Ages. 
but it's kind of a it's just a mythic time of of yeah, England. Like exactly. it doesn't take place with any within any real historical context. Quite deliberately. Yes, this is yeah. the time of legend. Yes. Um we're not we're not in history. We are in the dark ages. <laughs> so, Absolutely. And that's fine Perfect. with me. That's where I want King Arthur to live Absolutely. because he can't live in history. No, we we've seen them try. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, you can't ever make sense of it because of course he didn't. He yeah. wasn't. And even if he was, it wouldn't have been like that. So, exactly. <laughs> so just throw so it all he's out. not. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is great. This is perfect. I mean, we open with some moody men on horses in the dark. Yep. It is the dark ages, baby. It is so dark <laughs> around here. We are men on horses fighting in the dark. <laughs> The fighting is so awkward in this movie, which it I really, really love. Is. It's very clunky. This armor is terrible. Nobody knows how to move in it. The thing is funny because this is totally the realm of myth, not the realm of history. Mm-hmm. But the people are like awkward and messy and not very heroic. Well, and that's how I like my myths. Absolutely. It, yeah, it, yeah. I, I feel it's, it's a much more modern take on mythology to consider everyone as being like, wonderful and perfect and ideal like myths sure. are not idealized people you know right if anything people are worse, worse. In myths. yeah <laughs> and this is a very mythic kind of a camelot absolutely um i mean i th- i would say that borman if he's doing any idealization he's idealizing arthur hard oh yeah well hard. and i think he was smart enough to help the casting make up for that because mm-hmm. our, our arthur is in practice quite awkward yeah, he's an awkward man, but he's, like, never done anything wrong in his life. Like, one time he did something wrong and was punished and immediately recognized it and <laughs> felt bad and said sorry. Like, yeah. that's, the his only mistakes are things that he instantly understood he, to be mistakes it, it, and felt yeah. remorse about them. It's true. Like, he's just fallible enough to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, we got Moody Man on horses. We got Merlin. Um, we got this fight happening. Uh, Uther is, um, at war with somebody. It's, it's, somebody else. It's not important. Yeah. Uther is Gabriel Byrne. Yep. Um, and he tells Merlin that he needs the sword. He <laughs> needs Excalibur. Um, and so Merlin's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and he goes and gets it. Um, and this is where our, our sort of imagery, like, this this is this is some seriously iconic imagery that oh, yeah. like really has had a ripple effect I was about throughout to say, that people steal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, either more or less blatantly. Yeah. Like, you know, the kid who would be king yeah. uses the imagery as a quite an explicit homage. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. but this this woman in the lake and the arm and the air yep. and it's it's really striking. Yeah. We've got some slow-mo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and when Uther meets with the other guys to try to talk out this war situation and he's like, I have Excalibur. Oh, and it's, 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 it's Cornwall that he's yeah. fighting. Um, he just can't stop fighting Cornwall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cornwall's like, well, what do I get? <laughs> and he's like, I'll give you your land. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and they, they have this truce under this sort of magical emblem mm-hmm. of Excalibur. Uh, and we have a big, we, I mean, we're doing the thing, you know, we've yeah, got this, we've got this big celebration at Tintagel at, the, yeah. at Cornwall's castle and he trots out his wife to dance in a really suggestive manner. Yeah. Um, and this is where I just for, have to comment upon the costumes. 
Uh-huh. I mean, frankly, all, everything. The, just the look of this movie. The costumes and the sets. It's like, I don't know what any of this is. I love it. Oh, I it's love great. it. I love to see it. It's deliberate and it feels internally consistent. It's internally consistent and it is so made up. Yeah. I can't oh, even, yeah. I can't even tell thing. you how made up it is. But like, we've seen so many movies where that's the case, but it doesn't, it's not like great. Yeah, where it's just like ugly or weird. Um, and or everything just like, you know, from nice, the medieval yeah. section of the costume shop. Yeah, you know. yeah, trite, whatever. Yeah. This uh, is it's unique. <laughs> but it's 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 very evocative. Exactly. Yeah, women, especially like Egraine, she's in these flowing, yeah. almost like Greek looking yes. things yeah, yeah, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know, because she's Cornish. Yeah, uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, lots of flowing, sort of sleeveless, just, you know, macrame. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, but she does a sexy dance and yep. immediately Uther's like, I have to fuck her. And his guy is like, bud, you Dude, really shouldn't. Should. This is like not this the This is time. like the worst time. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. I'm gonna fuck her. And Cornwall's just like, the fuck man like he's just across the room yeah. like i can't fucking hear i can yeah. see what's happening yeah, right now yeah 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 <laughs> um and so they're fighting again yep yep uh th- oh well yeah but we've got just these battles are so cool looking because oh, yeah. like we were like this the siege of tintagel and like they're just like it's throwing, large scale yeah. they're throwing fireballs and like breaking off pieces of the castle and cornwall's like they'll never get in well he's like <laughs> uh, he's up there saying that and like the fire thing just like goes smashes right, right into right the in wall. front of his face yeah but he's fine and yeah. he's right like yeah, they're yeah. not getting into tintagel um and so like merlin goes to talk to uther and is like you fucking idiot like <laughs> thanks for ruining everything and it's interesting because Uther's like, you wouldn't understand because you're not a man. And yeah. so then the, it, it it raises the question in this version, what is he? like? Later on, uh, Morgana calls him a creature. A creature. And he implies that he's been around for like thousands of years. Yeah. And it's just like, what is his deal in this movie? Because like, that's not, you know. It's in, not really a thing. Yeah. Well, it's certainly not a thing in Lamorte Arthur. Like in right. Lamorte Arthur, we have the whole episode of like child merlin you know half demon child merlin um you know being taken as a sacrifice by vortigern and then ends up helping him instead and like like we know about merlin being a child we know about his birth uh so what's this one (laughs) i don't know what he is um but i i did find it especially funny because it's like you know uther's like you don't get it because you don't get horny and it's like Man, Merlin's the horniest, horniest bastard guy. ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even... It's funny, because for most of this movie, he is like, oh, these dudes. These dudes. But he does definitely get a little horny for Morgana. That's what I'm saying. He does that's get horny for Morgana. So he's Here's the thing. But that's that's the thing about Merlin. Yeah. Is that's his weakness, is magical hotties. Yeah, We've talked true. about this yeah, before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He is, he's a sucker for a magical hottie. <laughs> uh, so it's just that there are fewer magical hotties in this particular story uh so that's the only time he gets to be horny Honey, yeah. um but it's like oh uther no <laughs> and merlin in this version is so funny to me and this is where it really becomes evident mm-hmm. this is the first scene where we really get to hear him talk a whole lot mm-hmm. but just his delivery he's great is is wonderful and so strange it, he's so weird he's so broad and crazy and he he just he goes really broad and then sometimes he's like more casual than anybody else in the movie uh-huh and other times he's more like 
I am a wizard yeah. than like any other version of Merlin you've ever seen. He's doing a lot. Yeah. And somehow it all works. It's perfect. Like, it feels yeah. like, because it's like, it's almost like, oh, he's like, he puts this on. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a guy who, like, knows his audience. And there's certain points in the movie where, like, he'll just be, like, hanging and it seems like he's really spaced out. And then somebody will be like, Merlin, we want you to answer this question. And be like, what? Oh, yeah. No, I was listening the whole time. I totally know what we're talking about. (laughs) It's very funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, God, these people are so boring. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. um, He's like, you gotta, you gotta help me fuck this lady. And Merlin's like, fine. If it is the only way to stop you from doing this shit, fine. (laughs) And he takes him up to a stone circle. Yeah. And, and, um... Uther kind of falls asleep while Merlin's like, I'm going to do some magic. (laughs) Yeah. And wakes up in the night and, like, Merlin's doing his whole chanting thing. And Merlin makes it very, very foggy. (laughs) And so he's like, yeah, it's going to get, it's foggy out here and it's going to make things all confusing. And you're going to fucking float across the sea on your horniness. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he says pretty, pretty accurately. And you're going to go in there and I'm going to make you look like Uther. Yeah. Or or Cornwall, rather. So, like, this is how we're going to. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, just go ahead and ride across the sea now. (laughs) And I would have loved it if Uther just plunged into the (laughs) The sea and died. died. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone would be better off. Genuinely. Yeah. Except Arthur wouldn't be born. Right. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah, Uther rides across the sea, rides across these clouds on his horniness. Uh, he's, he's, even his uh, his helmet yes. does an interesting thing. Yeah, it, like, flashes between, like, his own armor and Cornwall's armor. But his helmet is very... Uh, Phallic? Pro- yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then when it switches to Cornwall's, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, very funny. meanwhile, um, Cornwall gets the bright idea that he's going to go out on and do a surprise attack in the fog yeah. on Uther. And so while Uther's inside, um, Cornwall's like oh. out like fighting and f- just dies like an absolute chump. Um, he, he, I don't even think he's even really fighting somebody that hard. And he just falls off his sword onto like a pile. Yeah, of- he like falls off his horse just like onto some spears. Just a, just a bunch of spears that were just, like, on a rack. Yeah, he just tips over. It's just, yeah. I don't know, a tragic, fated death, I yeah, guess. But, yeah, yeah, he doesn't get slain. He just, like, falls over and dies like a chump. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, um, little baby Morgana is like, my father is dead. And Igraine's like, no, honey. It's, he's right he's, there. He's fine. He's, yeah, he's right over there. And Uther's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm actually Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and Morgana's just distraught. And um, Uther Cornwall makes Morgana go to bed in a bed that is just right over across the room. Yep. With like, is, a, with like like a mesh curtain that you can absolutely see through. Everything. You can see everything. It's Morgana horrible. was right there. Yeah. That's troubling. It's really troubling. Uh, so, yeah, he's just like, all right, Egrain, let's do it. Yeah. And he just really, it's a whole thing. <sighs> he's in his full plate full armor. armor. She's completely nude. And he's just like upsettingly aggressive with her. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's really bad. Yeah, it's, it's rough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Ugh. So... And then we get this really interesting imagery, because it's like... 
as Cornwall is dying in this, like, flaming yep. army camp or whatever. Um, and then we cut back to, uh, like, the bedchamber, and it's, like, th- there's fire. And yeah. it's, like, it's not re- it's not diegetic oh, fire, yeah. but it's, like, this background of just, like, huge flames behind yeah. them um, as Uther is raping a grain. Yep. And it's just, like, oh, it's, like, freaky, and yeah, it it's is. really evocative. And there's a lot of that imagery mm-hmm. in the movie, but yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. It's like as far as that th- that moment of the story goes, like yeah. this telling of it, I think is one of the most. It's more effective than others yeah. we've seen because you know a lot of times they gloss over it because it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah, it's awful. Nobody wants to see that. And then you have versions like the Sam Neil Merlin that kind of want to do it, but they don't. They try to soften it somehow. Yeah. Or they focus on Merlin's guilt or, you know. Yeah. This is rough, but it feels correct. Yeah, it's a it's violent like, Yeah, act. it's nasty. It just, here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, this sort of juxtaposition of, like, the death of Cornwall at the exact same oh, moment yeah. as the conception of Arthur. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very striking. They've done something interesting with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Grain becomes pregnant. Uh, immediately yep. <laughs> and um we get this this sort of a time jump to yeah baby being born and uther's like well i have a child now i don't want to be a fighting man anymore yeah. like uh I, it, I, all i know is war but i want to be a dad now <laughs> it's a bit of a startling scene as well yeah because igraine is like realizing the full scope of what has happened yeah while cause... he's having his man feelings yeah because he's like yeah he's like so so whose child is it it's like you know idiot. Yeah, yeah of course but uh but she's like well this weird thing happened yeah <laughs> and he's like oh yeah no that was me and she's like that was you yeah uh, and then merlin shows up like all right hand over the baby <laughs> she's just speed running all of this yeah it's, it's really awful, awful for yeah. her you feel super bad for a grain yeah uh and yeah she just finds out that like she was raped and also that her baby is being given to a wizard yep and she'll never see him again yep it's terrible Awful. it's really terrible and that's the last we see of her in the film i believe yeah well we see like a vision of her but that's the last oh, yeah. time that she's actually like a character present yeah um but as uh, it's interesting I, I love this moment as as merlin is leaving with baby arthur mm-hmm. Morgana approaches him yeah. and little little child Morgana and asks him Merlin are you the mother and the father now? Yeah. And it's like what well, was an interesting thing it's to an say. Interesting little moment. Yeah. Especially with the you're not a man comment earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what is Merlin? What is he? <laughs> it's an interesting Merlin. Yeah. Um so yeah. I also like how during the whole scene where he's like the baby's mine the baby's you know crying and upset mm-hmm. and then as soon as he's out of the castle he's just like sleep <laughs> calm yourself baby <laughs> and he just waves his hand over the baby and the baby stops crying immediately you couldn't have done that like five minutes ago right <laughs> it would have made that conversation easier exactly just but less dramatic exactly so merlin lives for the drama yes he very much does with his <laughs> shiny shiny head head, head pe- i don't yeah. know what it, it's like a hood but it's, it's made of mi- shiny, metal. shiny chrome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that hat is. Yeah, it's it weird. It makes him look like a wizard, though. It sure does. Uh, so, um, meanwhile, Uther is ambushed like a chump. He rides yep. after Merlin like, no, don't take my baby, actually. <laughs> yeah. Even though I 
promised that you could take my baby. Um, and he just gets totally ambushed. Uh, just really, really destroyed by some guys. Oh, yeah. Um, arms are getting hacked off. It's a really brutal fight. Um, and he's, like, stumbling away, dying. And Uther puts the sword in the stone. Yeah. Which is interesting. We've, it is. We've seen this before, but yeah. very seldom. I think the yeah. last time I can recall it happening was in The Legend of the Sword, where Uther himself became the stone. The, the stone. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot about that, I didn't you? I did, yeah. Oh. That's the only other occasion I can think of, of Uther actually being the one who plays the sword. The stone. But, of course, there. usually Uther doesn't have the sword at all. The, right. the sword has that's, nothing to do with him. And so it's just... Uh, a, yeah, a Borman and Pallenberg uh, original. Yes, and then I guess Guy Ritchie was like, "I like that." I'm well, gonna of course take he it. did. Of yeah. course he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and one of the three scripts that movie was cobbled together from was meant to be an Excalibur remake, I mm-hmm. believe. That's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've got an Uther with Excalibur and uh, Uther putting this sword into, and it's just some random stone in the woods. Yeah. He just like puts it in, and it's like, how could you do that? I don't know. You could. Yeah. yeah. You had it, and so yeah. you could do that. Um. <laughs> he's like, no one will have the sword but me. <laughs> and then he dies. Yeah. Um. And really we, unceremoniously. Yeah. He's just dead, yeah. dead in the woods. Um. It's like, man, if you hadn't gone after the baby, you would have lived. Yeah, exactly. It's you would have lived. Uh, <laughs> I also like the part where Merlin's like, you're not the one, Uther. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're not, it's like, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be happy and you're yeah. not even probably gonna be king. Exactly. So, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so, we get a time skip. Yeah, big one. Big time skip uh, to this sort of festival that seems to be happening proximal to where this Excalibur yeah. stone is. Mm-hmm. Um, some knights ride through and just ruin a play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and we see Sir Ector. Yeah. Kay. And a young man, Arthur, yes. riding in. Um, and it's interesting. They have matching headbands. It's really they cute. Do, yeah, because <laughs> they're from the same family. Yeah. It's interesting how headbands are a big thing in this movie. It's like, so true. There's a yeah. lot of headband Head, wearing. Headgear, yeah. But like in like headbands in particular, Specifically, it's really true. Lots of he- people wearing headbands and yeah. like circlets and stuff. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's. I interesting. think some of it is like how people at the time, like in the early eighties, were mm-hmm. perceiving like medieval fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely the Middle Ages by way of the seventies. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, because it's interesting. The, I don't think Arthur ever wears like a traditional crown. No, but he wears he wears a, a circlet. I think yeah. some of it is his hair as well. Mm, maybe it just fits his hairstyle, and it's it's a little more uh, subdued. Right. This is it's the Dark Ages after all. It's the Dark Ages, <laughs> and he's kind of like a squirrely little guy. Uh huh. And what I think is interesting is that the actor who had been in The Lion in Winter, and that was kind of the only thing anybody knew him from. Mm. And he's not major in that movie. Was 35 at this time. <laughs> and, I mean, for most of the middle of the movie, that's roughly Arthur's Yeah, that's age. all fine. But when you see him, he's supposed to be so young, and he's totally plausible as being really, like, a young, immature guy yeah. during this part of the movie. Uh-huh. And he retains a strange, youthful energy even when he's a real old man. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I would say, like... And I think I, it's very purposeful. Yeah. I mean, I like I love his performance as, like, middle-age Arthur and old Arthur. Yeah. I do not like... I think his performance as young Arthur is, like, pretty grating. I mean, it is. 
I think to some degree it's on purpose. Sure. Just trying to emphasize his immaturity. But it's also just kind of like, I, I, I struggle to, to suspend my disbelief on this. Like, No, it's true. To I look mean, at him, I'm like, uh, what? Like, how old are you supposed to be? Because I mean, you're he, not as young as I, I think true. I'm meant to believe. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if he's supposed to be like a teen, oh, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like he just has this strange, it's just because he's really skinny. He's a, he's a little kind of a, yeah, shrimpy fellow. Yeah. But he's like very much an adult man. An adult man. I do and they're feel calling like... him boy and it's like, no boy will be our king. And it's like, he is definitely in his an 30s. An adult, like, yeah. I mean, he seems more 20s to me than 30s. Sure, but... I'd buy late 20s, but not in not by any stretch of the imagination a boy who could not possibly be old enough to be king. Certainly. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know, I don't have a huge, I mean, it's silly, mm-hmm. but I don't have a huge problem with it, mainly because I think if they'd done an actor switch, it would not have been as good. You don't think so? Because I think the grating and immature qualities of this part of his performance help to inform the character later. Hmm. I mean, I guess so. Because you can see the vestiges of that still hanging around. And yeah. it's more interesting than just like, than maybe the totally noble Arthur that they wrote. Yeah. I mean, I was saying like, let this guy play the older Arthurs. Uh, oh, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah, yeah. fine, and it's a brief portion of the film, but I don't particularly like it. I uh, find it kind of funny as well, <laughs> I will say. And he's very Cornish. Extremely, yeah. Uh, Sir Ector isn't. Sir Kay isn't. And they, like, he like grew up with them, He was raised by Ector. As far as he's aware, Ector is his father, but he is the most Cornish. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, again, almost to, for him being like the nominal lead, he's like very regional as well uh-huh like he even his his cornish accent definitely softens throughout the film but, not but that it's still much. there like... it's definitely still there um it's just that he's like playing a bumpkin in the beginning and so yeah. it's like really emphasized yeah but yeah um Hector's like doing sort of a polonius and being like all right be good boys uh, yeah. and like giving them his whole good boy speech um and uphold the good name of morvan Hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know that it matters. It's never said again. Um, uh, and they're they're here for this tournament. Um, and, and this tournament, the winner uh, will have the right to try to pull the sword from the stone. Yep. Um, there's some really, really chaotic jousting happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's apparently Easter. Yeah, okay. A- and uh, Patrick Stewart um, wins this right. Uh, yeah. He is King Leon de Grants. Yeah. N- man... Why do all of these movies? I don't know what the what it is. Why all these movies feel the need to change the Add name, a letter, or, or remove take a, letter. a letter? Apparently, it's just because, like, I was reading about the whole Modred thing, mm-hmm. and apparently, it's just variations. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure in I don't know, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure in Lamorte Arthur, it's just Leo de Grants. <laughs> then, you know, I always wonder with these types of things if they just feel like. That's a hard name to say, or something. I feel like Leon, Leon de Grants is harder. It's weird. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows why? They in Pallenberg and Borman's Lord of the Rings script. I don't remember any off the top of my head, but they do the same thing with some characters. That's so weird to do that with Tolkien, where they just like fuck up a name by just adding or removing one letter. That's super weird. That's all I can tell you. So it's, it's some of it's them in this case. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is some context that I'm lacking as to why Leon de Grants would be the thing to do. I don't know. But he's Leon de Grants. Um, he tries to pull the sword. He can't do it. Aw, shucks. Aw, man. Patrick Stewart. Um, meanwhile, we've got the fun little Sword in the Stone episode of Where's Kay's Sword? Oh, it's not in his scabbard. Why is it not in his scabbard? Um, and Arthur's like, oh, I'll go back to the tent and get it. 
it's, it's been, been stolen, stolen um by some rapscallion who's yeah. like hustling away um and i wondered if this is like just a literal thing that's happening or if this is like some sort of child that fate has engineered to yeah do this i thing. mean certainly you if, never see the face of this strange i mean we do from like kid. a great distance he yeah. kind of looks back like <laughs> uh, that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it's sort of a strange mystical thing because he like leads him right to the yeah stone yeah basically. i almost took it as happenstance okay um it could be i like i i guess it didn't occur to me that this child would not be just some some random thief yeah, um yeah, yeah. and like maybe it was sort of a fate thing that like right. it happened but it, not that the child was sure. anything in particular other than a device for sure. this to occur yeah um so i don't know maybe maybe, maybe. you could read it yeah. that way if you wanted to yeah. <laughs> but yeah he kind of like gives him the runaround and arthur ends up like right next to excalibur and he's like well, I guess well, I'll might try. as well try. Yeah, it, which is what what a what a choice, man. Yeah, what a thing yeah. to do. Um, because like in uh in other you know previous tellings in Lamorte Arthur, it's sort of a like an ignorant thing. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't know what he is doing. But we've specifically set up that he's seen exactly he what the ritual what is, is, and there's like a class thing associated with it. Yeah, it's like only a thing that the knights who've won the joust can do. Yeah, Arthur is well aware of what sword this is. Yeah, he yeah. knows what its name is. Exactly. Um, so that's a that's an that's a yeah. change. Uh, it's a departure. Um, but he pulls it and he's like, "Whoa, oh, I did it! <laughs> I did it!" And Kay is like. Oh, what? And he's like, I love this. See, here's the thing. I love his delivery of things like yeah. this. Well, because because Arthur's like, um, I don't have your sword, but I have Excalibur for you. And Kay's like, oh, shit, thanks. Yeah. And, takes it, and and immediately Ector is like, Kay, did you pull Excalibur out of the stone? And he's like, yes, I did. No, no I, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Arthur. Well, and then I love Ector's response, which is, you better put it back. Put it back. Put it back. But one wonders, is it put it back like as though you haven't done it or like, show us show us the, it seems more like that more of the show us and yeah. that is certainly a thing in in lamorte arthur is but the, like you've like got to keep proving it thing. there's also like a cute sort of protective dad quality to it almost put that down put that down before anybody else gets here <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah i do love Kay being like i got it no, <laughs> no i'm I lying <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, instantly like no sorry <laughs> i just that was stupid uh <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, um, he just, like, he's like, okay, and he puts it back in, and they're like, let Urians try! Mm-hmm. Um, and he does, and he doesn't pull the sword, and, um, they're like, okay, do it again, child, and he's like, okay, brip! Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? They're very yeah. mad, and that's yeah. very much a thing in the, in Little Mort Arthur. Um, and Merlin just shows up and is like, yeah, so you're actually, um, yeah. Uther Pendragon's son, so, just so you know. And it's like, wow, you're just gonna tell him, like, that yeah. is a departure, too. Well, they have to speedrun this part. They do, they do, because, boy, yeah, we can't take six months on it yeah. the way that, that... It's like a couple days, almost, <sighs> Yeah, seems like. Yeah, well, cause, yeah, I mean, if that, well, I mean, in Lamort Arthur, the whole episode of, like, make him pull the sword out, wait, we gotta let other people try, that's like a six-month... Saga. Oh, oh it just takes... that part. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. It's it's he pulls the sword out at like New Year's, and it's finally at Pentecost that everyone is like, okay, are we fucking done? Like trying, <laughs> right. letting everyone in the goddamn world try, try this. It. Like he pulled the sword out yeah. of the stone. Like stop arguing with it. Uh, yeah, it takes a very long time. So they've condensed that into like a minute. Yes, yes. Great. Um, and people Beautiful. get people get mad, and yeah, and he doesn't even. Arthur doesn't even know about being 
Uther's son for like a while still after that like after he's like he's still like he's warring with the kings and stuff and Merlin's like I'm gonna tell you all what's what um and he just does it right away here which frankly makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. um and yeah kings kings are big mad um and they start fighting um because Patrick Stewart Mm -hmm. is like he's the fucking king yeah yeah (laughs) and Urien's is like no he's not (laughs) and they start fighting each other and Merlin like disappears and Arthur's like oh and like runs after Merlin yeah Yeah, it's it's kind of funny dips out um and uh he tries to find him he ends up like being like I don't want to do this this is stupid why am I the king and like wandering around a bit and finds Merlin like asleep yeah um and has a spooky night has <laughs> something of a spooky evening yeah um and uh, merlin tells him that that this sort of like aura that he is sensing is the dragon yeah the dragon was mentioned earlier too. yeah we've to got Uther. this sort of yeah. idea of the dragon being this metaphor uh, for uh-huh. like the magical world yes yeah, because, like, he called the fog the dragon's breath. And, like, Absolutely. he calls upon these different aspects of the dragon in oh, his yeah. magic. Um, and so this is this is the dragon. Um, anyway, Merlin, you know, the night passes and Merlin wakes up to find um, Arthur just swinging the sword around like an absolute dope. <laughs> and he's like, oh, good to see that you're a fast learner. And it's like... <laughs> That's supposed to be good. <laughs> I mean, given the fighting we see in this movie, it does seem. Yeah, like... that's kind of what everybody. <laughs> yeah. Swinging around haphazardly. Um, it's not like a lot of heavy choreography happening. Yeah. So uh, Merlin tells Arthur that King Leon de Grance is under siege, yep. and you know, sort of proves to Arthur that he is fit for this task of being yeah. the king because oh, I like this he bit. he intuitively. No, makes the right choice as a king. Yeah. Um. He's like, well, what? You tell me what we're gonna do. You're yeah. the fucking king. Yeah. He's like, well, we have to go help him. And he's like, great. Yeah. yeah I in see? fact it wasn't yeah, so hard. Wasn't so hard. Yeah. You just decided the right thing to do. And oh, yep. ha, look, here we are with you know, here's your, here's Hector and Kay and everybody yeah. that's fighting with you. And so let's go. <laughs> like he knew what the right choice was, and he knew Arthur was gonna make gonna it. Gonna make it. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. also the idea that. Merlin can see the future. Right. And he just kind of knows how this is going to go down and just has to talk Arthur through it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we, yeah, we meet, uh, Leon de Grance under siege. And this is when we get the first of us, a, a certain, uh, needle drop. Yeah. That, that we hear a few times. Um, what is that? It's fucking... the O Fortuna. Yeah, O Fortuna. Um, which uh, we hear a few times. Which. Uh, to my understanding, was not as overused for moments like this at the time. Right, I as feel it like has come to be. Borman kind of like he defined it. Yeah, and it seems I think some people watch those scenes now and think they're quite silly. Yeah, because it's been it's been used to the point of parody. Oh, and well beyond. Well beyond. But hadn't yet at this time. Yeah, so it comes across as quite like camp and goofy. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was just very dramatic. Exactly. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're we're helping Leon de Grants. It's a really good battle. It's really a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's epic. It's large scale. It feels very like solid, but still like exciting. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they sort of they sabotage a big siege engine. It's really cool. Um, and Guinevere is Leon de Grants's daughter, yes. and sees you know she's in trouble and whatever, um, and sees Arthur like fighting his way through, and she's like. Hmm. Yeah. Like, who's this child? <laughs> and I mean, Arthur, for, for 
you know, not being at this very long, really acquits himself real well. Oh, yes. In this fight. Yeah, he's almost unbelievably so. Uh huh, but he's Arthur, so he's I guess. He's got Excalibur he can... as well. Yeah, he's got Excalibur. He's Arthur. He... This is what he was born to do. Yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. This is what he was born <laughs> exactly. to do. Exactly. Um, and Arthur does get stabbed. Yep. But um, he just keeps on a fighting. Um, and then he just leaps down and it this tackles Urien's off his horse. Le- leaps down from the top of the. From the wall. The, yeah. All the way down to Urien's, who's on a horse in the moat. Yep. And just like tackles, tackles him off him the horse. Into the moat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Arthur like tries to reason with him and is like, hey, like we can stop this right now. Like, uh, you know, I we could, I just like, I'm the king and it's yeah. just the way it's got to be, but like we can be friends. Like, let's just stop doing this. And you can, I'll, I'll, I'm, I want to show mercy. Like, I don't want to do this. And Urien's just like, I can't because you're not a knight. And he's like, then knight me. Gives him his sword. Gives him his sword. And it's like, that's a great moment. That's an amazing In the middle of a battle, like giving his enemy his sword, the magic sword. Yeah. And says, please knight me. And then we can talk. That's really the moment where you know he's the right guy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly brave thing to do. Yeah. And I really like it. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a Borman original, and I think it's a really great moment. It's amazing, yeah. It's one of the things that, like, makes this next level as a yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it has like that. that mythic quality. Well, and especially because, like, and not to keep, like, harping on this and whether he's right or not or how much, but casting a guy who's just, like, not well-known mm-hmm. and doesn't have, like, the, it feels appropriate for the role. Doesn't have like the the build where you like you see him and you go like oh he's like a hero or a hot guy or whatever. He's mm-hmm. just sort of seems like a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And at first you're kind of like well this schmo like how's he gonna I don't do know about this guy? And this is the moment where you're like okay he'll be all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, both yeah about the actor and the character at the same exactly. time. Yeah, it's great. And Urian's is you could like quite visibly moved by this yeah. and it's like he has this How moment where he's like be? i could kill him right now yeah, and be the most powerful with the big sword but that wouldn't be the i right can't thing to do. i am a knight and yeah. i'm going to do the right thing and he knights arthur and it's yeah. very moving and he's like now i can swear to you yeah and does and then everyone else is like okay cool. <laughs> pack it in let's party <laughs> yeah it's great um i do love that in this movie too we go right this is the second time we've seen it we go right from fighting to let's all just party together party party that's what you do after the fighting is done um and uh guinevere is like (laughs) fixing arthur up under a tree yes like stitching him up and they have a little moment he kind of tries to kiss her and she's like no yeah yeah yeah. um it's it's pretty cute Mm -hmm. uh and yeah they they have a big party and um everyone is lifting guinevere and twirling her around she's just this woman her feet never touch the ground everyone's picking her up and uh uh during the scene we actually get a little music reprise of like a version of the music that was playing when egrain danced right yeah um which is notable right yeah because there is sort of this parallel with this like these these Pendragon men yeah. and these women who ultimately doom them. Exactly. Um, but they are helpless to it. Well, because then here's Arthur, the dweeb, mm-hmm. who's watching this happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Merlin, can you make her love me? Yeah, in his very Cornish yeah. accent. <laughs> and Merlin's like, absolutely not. like, never not. again. No, 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 you fucking idiots. I hate you so much. I absolutely will not do that. Uh, it's great. Um, and, 
she brings him some cakes. Yeah. And Merlin sort of talks about these cakes as like a metaphor for the, the future. future yeah. It's like you can't know what's in the cake until you eat it. <laughs> and and, and you just meet and Arthur's just, like, just eating yum 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 eating yeah. the cakes. Guinevere's cakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Merlin's just like, oh, here yeah, we go course, again. Yeah, here we go. Um, and yeah, because he's like kind of trying to warn, like, oh, that girl's going to be yeah, bad news for yeah. you. And he's like, I can't care. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm eating the cake. Um, and we get a new, another time skip to Beard. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur's yeah. big boy now. Yep, he's got a beard. He's got a beard. Um, and it suits him. It does. He looks much better. Honestly, a beard. lot of these boys grow beards and they look better. It's so true. Yeah. Like, like, like Percival. Yeah, oh, jeez. He wears that beard. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Yeah. <laughs> it was needed. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Arthur wears the beard and he wears it well. Um, and there, he's got this problem. There's this mighty opponent on a bridge and no one can, like, get past it. And Arthur just can't let this stand. Like, yeah. these, all the knights are trying to fight this guy and they're all getting beat. And he's like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just fight him myself. And they're like, you can't. You're the king. He's like, no, I'm going to go fucking fight him myself. <laughs> uh, and then he tries to talk it out. And the knight who is Lancelot, it's like, listen, yeah. man, I'm just doing this thing. Like, you can definitely go. I'm not going to, like, I don't, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> if you come through here, I have to fight you. But yeah. you can just go that way, and I will not fight you. And Arthur's like, no, I'm fighting. <laughs> this is a real angry Arthur right now. Yeah. And so Lancelot's like, okay, we're going to fight. Um, And, yeah, they, they have quite an epic fight, mm -hmm. this duel. Um, And uh, Lancelot is very powerful. They're, they're pretty well matched. Yeah. Um, but part of that is that Arthur has Excalibur. Exactly. And they're fighting all up and down the yeah. terrain. And uh, Arthur finds himself in sort of a tight spot. And um, calls upon the power of Excalibur yeah. explicitly to let him win this fight. And he does, but at the expense of the sword. He breaks it. That's not how you're supposed to use Excalibur. Yeah. You don't get to have Excalibur when you do that, and immediately he's like, oh, no. Oh, I fucked up. I fucked up. I can see what I did, and I wasn't supposed to do that. Oh, no. Oh, damn it. Um, And, you know, he shows some genuine remorse, but it's just so funny how he's yeah. like, Merlin's like, yeah, you fucking broke it. And he's yeah. like, I know. Oh, man, I'm such a fucking idiot. This is my fault. I did a thing, and I know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and Lancelot's just like uh, laying yeah, on the ground, genuinely. Um, and they're kind of like on a river a they little are, bit. Yeah, um, and it's important. Yeah, and uh, he like tosses it. Yeah, into the into the mm -hmm. water. Um, and then like the lady of the lake is just like there, and she's like, "It's cool, bro. I'm glad you learned from your mistake." And I I love the bit <laughs> where like Arthur's just like, "Why?" And Merlin's like. Grab it, quick! You don't fucking wait. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so he gets the sword back, and um, Lancelot is like, "You are the guy I've been yeah. looking for. I'm your knight. I'm your dude." <laughs> like, finally, somebody who can beat me in a fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we got to try to go faster than this. Yeah. So, um, we we get another time jump where we've been warring with just kind of everybody that's left. It's we, true. We're winning. We've won. Today is the day. Um, and Merlin gives kind of a big speech about yeah. like remembering. Actually, what he says is um, uh, that they need to re yeah. remember this day. It is the doom of men that they forget. Yeah. Which is an interesting kind of a theme. Yeah, it is. Uh, so. This is when Arthur gets his roundtable idea. Absolutely. <laughs> Which we're always giving the credit for this roundtable to Arthur. Like, he thought it up. Yep. 
He got it from Leodegrants. Ah. <laughs> it was a gift from Leodegrants. That's right. But oh my fine. Goodness. Uh, it's so Arthur. I'll make a, a round table. Yeah, so everyone's equals. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, and I'm going to get married. And everyone's like, yeah, get married, dude. I love how he says that. And he's like, to Leo- snacks Leo- Leodegrants on the back. And he's like, whoa. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, and... Uh, it's Lancelot is the one tasked mm. with bringing Guinevere to Arthur Trouble. and, um, and there's an immediate thing. Yeah. They it's lock just, eyes. And it's just like, oops. Uh Oh, yeah. um, they, you know, there's vibes the whole way riding too. Yeah. I like that scene uh-huh. with the ride where he's just like, I love you as my best friends, my best friend's wife. wife and my queen. And she's like, that's some, that's intense. Uh, yeah. Um, and we, the wedding, Yes. It's really striking. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, oh it's goodness. like, but it's like, it's not that huge. It's just like a whole crowd of people all kind of like lined up as though they're in pews, but, but they're, they're just standing. standing. And it's just like this really and striking. It's in the forest. Yeah, in the forest. We're outside because Camelot has not been built yet. Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful, and, uh, we have this just big, 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 big shroud with Jesus's face that, on it. Yeah, uh-huh. It's quite something. Um... And Helen Mirren is there. Yes. Welcome, Helen Mirren. Yep. It's Morgana. And yeah. she tries to talk to Merlin and he tries to gatekeep magic from her. Yeah, exactly <laughs> he does that, that. thing where yeah. he's like, well, tell me this then. Tell me that then. He does do exactly that thing. He's like, <laughs> if, prove you're not a fake fan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he's gatekeeping. And um, we see this while the wedding sort of happens way in the background, yeah. which I like. Um, and uh, she's like, no, I'm for real, like a wizard. And he's like, well, that's great. Um, but, like, it's kind of a bad time to get into the business because it's going to die. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, this is a dying industry. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and she's and like, but, but just, I know that's the mandrake root. Teach can, me. Yeah. Teach me stuff. Please, please, Senpai Merlin. Teach me. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so that's sort of, we've introduced the idea yep. that Morgana is at Camelot now, and well, Camelot doesn't exist yet. She like foretells that Camelot's gonna be there, and Merlin's like, "Fucking everybody knows that Camelot's gonna be here. That's not a that's not a prophecy." Uh, <laughs> uh, but Morgana's in the mix now, and she wants to be taught by Merlin. Yep. Um, we we have another interesting scene, and I knew like I didn't remember it from the last time that I had watched mm-hmm. this, um, because it's been a while now, a couple years, yeah. um. But, like, Lancelot's out in the woods riding, and it's really very beautiful with all these mm-hmm. purple flowers and stuff. And this little, like, forest fellow is, like, stalking him, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. personal. Yeah. That's my little idiot. Yeah. I love my little Welsh idiot. <laughs> and he becomes, like, kind of a main character in the he second does. half of this movie. Well, and, and historically, um, Percival is a significant portion of the Grail Quest. They've sort of given him other people's jobs, but, yeah. like, it is traditional that Percival is deeply related to the Grail mm-hmm. Quest. Um, but yeah, he, like, is stalking Lancelot, um, and Lancelot is, like, sleeping under a tree, and he fakes him out, and this, this young fellow ends up catching a rabbit and, like, giving it to Lancelot as, like, a present. Yep. And he's like, hey, can I, I would like to be a knight, please. I'll (laughs) just, can I come with you? And Lancelot's like, I mean, I guess so. (laughs) And takes him home like a pet. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I love the bit where... Lancelot's like, okay, hop up on the horse 
uh, Percival's like, I'd rather run. And he's like, that, you're going to be running for 20 days. And he's like, the world's not that big. Because he's our little Welsh idiot. It's wonderful. I love my Percival. He's such a dummy. Um, so yeah, he brings he brings Percival home to the now constructed. We don't know this is Percival. He's yes. not been called anything yet. Yeah. He's just a boy. Um, but I like how they use him as like fresh eyes yeah, so, to, to, to get us over the huge time jump that now Camelot's been yeah, constructed. It's built and it's crazy. It's like, yeah. it's like a silver castle. It is made out of silver and gold. It's we're shiny told. and crazy. Um, and inside are all of these wonders and all of these people doing crazy stuff. There's some babies doing some kind of a circle dance and they're <laughs> <Yeah>. naked. <Yep. laughs> a little naked circle of babies. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah. is, but they're having a good time. Exactly. Uh, they've got a ribbon. I don't know. There's like people doing interest like some chemistry and stuff yeah there's all kinds of wondrous things occurring at this wondrous castle i like the idea of camelot where just a bunch of random people just have like stalls or tables they're just hanging out and doing stuff like it's a ren fair almost in there yeah yep camelot is a ren fair and uh it feels like yeah we're just vibing um and we see for the first time these i just love the set piece of these wooden walkways above the ground like in the the trees i really love these wooden walkways they're just very interesting this i wonder if that was meant to be rivendell (sighs) you know or i will say in the in the Borman Pallenberg Lord of the Rings script they spend a lot of time in um uh Lothlorien mm-hmm. yeah it, it seems even more a Lothlorien than it does like for some reason in their trying to compact down Lord of the Rings they expanded the Lothlorien part like a lot <laughs> and that's like the horny part as well <laughs> very strange on many levels yeah but I wonder there's like a lot of talk in that script about the design uh-huh. and that there would be like tree houses and things yeah like I bet that it's nature. I bet I bet that comes from Lothlorien yeah very interesting <laughs> uh so we see sort of like in the mass of people um that Guinevere and Morgana are friends they're like yeah. chatting and walking together yeah, I liked this yeah which yeah. is absolutely a thing um it's great and and so Still seldom see done. it in the movies yeah, yeah. And um, Guinevere and Lancelot kind of see each other, and it's weird. And mm-hmm. she like tries to talk to him, and he's just like fully ignoring her. <laughs> um, but you know, it's the vibe. And yeah, Camelot is just a lot for this boy. And uh, bumps into Merlin, makes yeah. Merlin bump his head. Yes, bumps into Merlin. Um, he's being sent to the kitchen. He's gonna be mm-hmm. a squire for Lancelot now. And. Uh, Merlin tells him to follow his nose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, And this is when we see the round table Mm -hmm. for the first time. And I like it. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, it is very much this movie's table because it is so shiny. It's very shiny. It's a good size. It's interesting without being too garish. It's got no hole in the middle. No hole in the middle. Just a big, big round table with some sort of metal, like shiny silver and gold. Yes alternating it's it's tasteful it's shiny mm-hmm. it's it's Perfect. the vibe yeah. so and he like kind of is peering over this like ledge as the knights are like congregating and they're like get the fuck out of there <laughs> he's like oh sorry um and he begins like serving yeah at the table it's a great way to introduce it to us yeah uh it's we're having a feast and uh morgana seems to be sharing a cup with gawain 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Now, this is really interesting to yeah. me because, okay, it seems like she's kind of trying to be, like, flirty in order to, like, undermine, because she can see what's happening between yeah. Guinevere and Lancelot and wants to kind of stir it up. And so she's like, hey, just watch what she does and stuff. Um, but here's the thing. So, she, like, it's it's the vibe is flirty, but you know who uh-huh. is Gawain's mom? Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that. I was like... Yes, in mm. Lamort Arthur, Morgana is Gawain's mom. Yeah. So that's an interesting change. That's clearly not. It's not the case here. Not the case here. Couldn't but possibly is, be. It is strange. Yeah. Very strange. It's weird that they have them. Weird play. choice. And then Gawain is Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yeah. Uh, and really, a really uh, sort of. In the same way that Arthur is like the skinniest Arthur you've ever seen. It's like the most built Gawain. He's a really robust Gawain. Yeah. Um, but this is clearly not a, an Arthur's nephew Gawain. No. He's got his own thing going on. And <laughs> yeah. We should also mention uh, Lancelot has dipped out. Yeah, Lancelot just keeps not hanging out. Yeah. And so Morgana ends up getting Gawain to sort of stir up some shit and mm-hmm. like accuse people of things. And it gets very dramatic. Uh, and uh, things get sort of horny between Morgana and Merlin. They have this yeah. like slightly horny conversation. But mostly it's about like magic and power. But it's also kind of horny. <laughs> and that's how we like them. Of course. Um. And, uh, it turns out, because of Gawain accusing, um, he has to fight Lancelot. Lancelot Mm -hmm. has to stand for their, you know, innocence and and fight Gawain. Um, we get a a rather interesting chat between, um, Arthur and Guinevere, like, in their bedroom, where she's like, you have to, like, I'm your wife. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I'm also the king, and that's Mm -hmm. sort of the number one thing that I am. Like, I would love to, like support you but i am not allowed to you don't uh, get a lot of scenes between the two of them but when they do they're good mm-hmm. that's a good scene and then we get a really interesting scene of um lancelot in the woods praying to be less oh my horny goodness. yeah <laughs> please exactly. god please take away my boner <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> exactly what's going on um and he goes to bed and has a weird dream um he's where, fighting his, himself. where he's fighting himself um, and then he awakes, sort of. It's unclear exactly when the dream ends, and he just has just like started fighting his armor. He's fully nude. Um, yeah. He's fighting his armor, and he has accidentally stabbed himself. He's impaled himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the sword. And it's it's a good effect. They do a it good job. It really is. I've always been impressed by this. Yeah, I don't quite know how they pulled it off, yeah. but it, it looks pretty convincing. Because in the same shot, he like pulls it out, and it looks like he really is pulls it out straight through his body, yeah. like he is like fully run through. Yeah. Um, and he's bleeding. Um. So it is the time for the fight, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, Lancelot's not going to show up. Like, And Arthur's He's like, late. is anybody going to fight in his stead? And nobody wants to. And the boy is like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and Arthur's like, okay, and knights him. Yeah. And then this is Percival. Percival, yeah. He, this is when he becomes Sir Percival. Love it. Love this. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I just want to be a knight so bad. I'll do it. I'm <laughs> Lancelot Squire. I'll fight for him. Uh, good boy, Percival. Yeah. Um, And he's going to fight Gawain. Um, and then Lancelot arrives. Oh, Shows phew. up for the last minute. But he's bleeding bad. Yeah. Bleeding bad. Um, the, we get a double unhorsing. Mm-hmm. They're fighting with maces. Um, but Lancelot ends up triumphing. Um, because they didn't fuck. Yeah. They didn't, nothing happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, he's, he's been trying his been very or- best. ordained by God that whoever wins the combat mm-hmm. is... It's true. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, Gawain yields, and yeah. Lancelot's, like, gonna just fucking, like, kill him, kill him and then yeah. he collapses, and he's sick. And um, they're very concerned for Lancelot, mm-hmm. and ask Merlin to, like, s- 
rescue him, save him at any cost. Yeah. And so it's like, is it like, what exactly? It's unclear exactly what the cost was. Well, it's interesting because as soon as Merlin says his little charm, yeah. the charm of making as they yes. call it. Uh, after that, you know, Merlin and Arthur kind of leave. And Guinevere just like sort of has, a, has a real moment. moment with shirtless passed out Lancelot. Uh-huh. And he like wakes up and it's like right in her face. Yeah, it's and I was wondering thing. if like, you know, well, I think the cost is because he lived, now they're going to fuck. Yeah. That yeah. was my interpretation. Well, especially because they like have this conversation where Arthur like in the hallway with Merlin is like, so am I going to have a son? And Merlin's like, like oh yeah. yeah. And he's like, what, just yes? And he's like, mm-hmm. And it's like, it troubles me that you won't say more. Like, <laughs> it's well, like, yeah, it should. Yeah. But I mean, if... Yeah, if Lancelot had died, things would have gone very differently. They sure would. Uh, so Lancelot does come back to dinner, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they start like having this conversation about what the greatest quality of knighthood is. This is when Merlin's like, "Oh, what? what? Oh, huh? I, was, huh? I was here the whole time." And he like starts sort of equivocating, and yeah. Arthur's like, "Just fucking say, <laughs> just say what it is." And Merlin's like, "Well, it's truth." Yeah. Um, and Morgana's just kind of lurking in the background, right. which I love for her. Um, and, and like, Lancelot looks very guilty and he's like, I gotta go camping. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> so he's like, I must go heal myself in yeah. the woods. And it's like, why is that the best? I don't know. Um, but Arthur's like, okay, bud, get better. And Lancelot's like, I'm gonna, and leaves. And then we see Guinevere just riding after him. Yeah. Um, and, uh. Yeah, they they gonna do it. Yeah. Um, and like Arthur and Merlin just have a conversation where Arthur's like, they're fu- they're fucking right now, aren't they? And Merlin's <laughs> like, like, yeah, yes. <laughs> they they definitely yeah. are. And Arthur's like, you fucking warned me, didn't you? Like, <laughs> can you like, what do I do? And Merlin's like, sorry, I'm gonna go away now. I'm gone. I'm done. I can't help you anymore. Can't help you. I'm leaving. And Arthur's like, what? And he's like, yeah, nope, sorry, bye. <laughs> um, and and uh. Arthur decides to ride out and confront them. And Merlin goes to talk to Morgana. Yeah. Who's like doing witchy stuff with snakes. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, man, that's some bullshit magic. <laughs> and she's like, well, you could teach me real magic if you wanted to. Uh, and he's like, well, anyway, bye. And she's like, wait, you're leaving? You've got to teach me the charm of making. I'm ready. Um, and we just, there's some naked caressing mm-hmm. happening in the woods. It's really interesting. Like, the, the, like, the horniness and, like, the sex scene here is, like, not a sex scene. It's no. just, like, it's, like, the most chaste sexual touching I've ever seen. It's, the, yeah. where they, the way they are sitting, it's, yeah. like, nothing is happening And it here. doesn't look comfortable. No, it's a very awkward position. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of, like, stroking, stroking each, each other. Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. <laughs> uh, but, like, kind of, it's, like beyond sexual it's yeah, like yeah exactly it's like sort of it's this... meant to be very intimate i think yeah. yeah um and merlin takes morgana down into a cave um yeah, and cool shows cave. her some visions of people fucking <laughs> yeah including uh including uh, yeah she sees a vision Uther of and and Igraine. yeah Uther and Igraine, lancelot and guinevere um and arthur is arthur advancing is a... towards them with a sword um and She's like, okay, gimme, 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 gimme the magic. And he's like, it will blind you. And she's like, bring it on, man. <laughs> um, and he's gonna, like, fuck her over and, like, yeah. do something bad to her. And then Arthur finds them 
and like stabs uh. this sword like he's he sort of falters uh-huh. and there's a big crazy earthquake and he's and merlin's like oh fuck magic's all fucked up now mm. um merlin gets stabbed somehow yeah it's like it like strikes him and he's like uh into the something about like the dragon into the spine of the dragon yeah. or whatever well because he's the dragon is the land and mm-hmm. arthur is the land and arthur quite literally just like stabs the fucking ground yes and um morgana like convinces him to use the charm of making and then learns it through just like copying him yep. and traps him in a crystal and that's yeah. sort of the our our traditional death of merlin um yes. it's morgana doing it because it's always morgana doing right. it of course in uh, lamort arthur it is nimue mm. who is a lake lady and who is not appearing in this film <laughs> yes well yeah we've the got lady the, the lady lake. of the lake but she's she not stays in there she stays in there she's definitely not nimue she's just <laughs> exactly. a lady of the lake exactly. um morgana is doing the evil things this time yep and uh traps him in the crystal um and uh, they they wake um, Lancelot and Guinevere like they don't know that Arthur's been there, and mm-hmm. they like wake and like. Well, they see the sword. They see the sword is there, and yeah, but they they had been ignorant, and yeah. then the sword is there, and they're like, oh fuck! And Lancelot just like runs off naked into the woods, forever. Yeah, he just runs out of the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, Guinevere just like curls up and cries yeah. on the sword, and they're just like gone from the movie at for that point for time. a long time. Yeah. Um. And this is when Morgana does a date rape to Arthur. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's rough. Creepy and weird and gross. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've got we've got the bad. We don't. It's funny. We don't have the like loving sex scenes. We just have the, the bad, bad ones. ones. It's so true. We just get version. the bad ones. It's so just true. Just the rapes. Yep. It's just all the we rapes. Get. Um, and she's like, I'm gonna have an evil baby now. (laughs) And we time jump to a very evil birth. Yeah. She's got the worst looking castle and she's like surrounded by masked cultists Uh and having an evil birth while lightning crashes. It's the evilest, evilest birth (laughs) I've ever seen. It's crazy. And it's a sort of graphic for a movie birth scene as well. Yeah. She like pulls that baby out from between her legs. Like, ha ha, I have a baby. Yeah, she does. It's really strange. Yeah, it's wild. It's like, that's not how i felt after giving birth but you know morgan is a stronger woman than i i guess oh i can't imagine can't imagine being able to lift anything right okay she's very powerful yeah Um, clearly and meanwhile the knights are praying at this window church yeah it's really interesting like it's just like a big cross like that is a window well and i think that they're Throughout this movie, they're trying to be like, well, you know, Christianity is growing more and more powerful. Yes, you can see its presence kind of getting yeah, bigger and yeah, bigger. Yeah. Uh, it's this big window, and they're like, oh, Lord, save us from this evil baby. <laughs> and then... Like, lightning comes lightning out and strikes... through the window. Strikes Arthur. Strikes Arthur, and they're like, is he dead? <laughs> and he's got a big, like, gash in his armor. Yeah, and no, he's not dead, but he's, he's fucked up now. He's way out of it. Everything yeah. is bad. Arthur is very sick. He's got lightning sickness. Yes. <laughs> Which He's, means that the whole land is desolate. Yeah, yes. And now this as well. this connection has not explicitly been made, made yes, in the movie yeah. yet, but it's like it's coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Um. The it's well, we we have like this whole Grail quest before. It's like clear. Well, when they go out on the Grail quest, it's like everyone's like. No, we know that everything is bad, but the explicit connection oh, between Arthur and the land has not been certainly, made. Certainly. Yeah. Um. So it's not like as though it it is an explicit cause and effect yet. Right. It's just like Arthur is sick and everything is bad. It's terrible here. Um, and they're like, hey, um, what are we like? What are we going to do? Uh, 
we see some knights like riding mm-hmm. through the countryside and we see some peasants just like mudsmithing like yep. they're just like poking mm-hmm. around in a bog yep. and they're like save us we're dying <laughs> and Urien's is like fuck <laughs> yeah exactly um and we have a very solemn round table and arthur's like you gotta find the grail now and it's like there's yeah. been no mention no mention yeah, yeah it's just first, like wait, i don't know how he knows grail. that but we need the grail and he's like that's the only fucking way the lightning told him yeah you gotta do it i know because i do normally that's the kind of thing merlin would tell me but in yeah. this case i just know it yeah um yeah, yeah. and percival's like i'll find it and everyone's <laughs> like yeah we'll do it um and they all ride out every night yeah and england is very bad yeah real this, bad this times. man I love this sequence. It's so fucking spooky and awful. Like, uh-huh. it looks like the worst place in the world. Everyone is dead. <laughs> Everything is awful. It's super dark out all the time. <laughs> Nothing is growing. Everyone is sad. Yep. Everyone has a beard now. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, Percival comes across a skeleton. With a big beard. Yeah, well, <laughs> even the skeletons have beards. Which That's I what... actually, at one point after watching this, we did Google, do skeletons have beards? No. No. I mean, we've seen it many times in movies of, like, a beard still, like, you know, one-eyed willy and all that. But, um, yeah, I guess probably it doesn't make sense because it's attached to the skin and there's no more skin. That, so at the very least it would just fall off. That. Uh, so. But it looks, it's a look. It's a look. It's a I look. love it. Yeah. But, like, he sees a knight praying in, like, a stone circle and he's yeah. like, hey, bud. Hey, friend. What, what's, oh, oh. oh, you're a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's great. It's really yeah. spooky and cool. Like, I can definitely see, like, where Green Knight got some stuff. Oh, yes. It's all, oh, yeah. it's all from coming this from part here. Of the specifically yeah. Yeah, yeah um and he's like oh no and he keeps riding around and he sees gawain dead and naked strapped to a horse, horse. that's just kind of yeah. running through the woods and he's like what the fuck gawain um and here's some evil laughing yeah. and comes across an evil little boy in yeah, gold armor yeah who's this evil boy and the boy's like follow me <laughs> he's the worst it's very creepy he's the creepiest little yeah. lad in the world um and leads him, he's like, ah, you want the grail, do you? And come with me. <laughs> and takes him under this tree with just, it's just full of hanging oh, dead knights. Oh, this is so nasty, this I bit. love this tree. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really gnarly because these knights are all dead and there's like carrion birds like eating their eyeballs. It's, and it looks to me basically like they took like a prop head and like filled the eye sockets with like ground beef or something. And then like put a cow's eye in there and yeah. put a crow on it and said, go ahead. Because the crow clearly is enthusiastic about eating whatever is yeah, on there. Yeah, that's definitely a real eyeball. Yeah. Um, and, it's some, and just like some meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, skulls don't look, they're not full of meat like No! <laughs> but <laughs> That's it's... what I thought. I was like, um, <laughs> it's really nasty looking. Yeah, I love it. It's a great effect, yeah. but that's not what it's like. Um, so yeah, it's 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 gnarly though. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this awful tree. Oh yeah. Um, and the boy takes him to Morgana's castle, and Morgana's like, "What's up, Percival? <laughs> yes, it's me. I uh, know you're looking for the Grail." Um, and uh, she's like, "Here, you gotta be really fucking thirsty because you've been walking around for ten years. Here's a cup." drink like, out of it you can just tell looking at it that it's supposed to be like the evil cup yeah yeah it's a very it's evil like cup. red and green we and... get a great split diopter shot yeah of him like considering yeah. oh, this cup. i love it um and he's like gonna and then he falls down and like has this horrible vision of all of these like ghost knights uh-huh. like drink out of this cup yeah. drink out of this cup <laughs> they're giving him cups and morgan is like there isn't a grail you idiot just fucking come fight with me and we'll just like everything's gonna be fine if you just like side with me instead of arthur and Percival's like, no! Um, I love <laughs> Mordred's like, he's no good, mother. <laughs> it's 
awful little boy. Um, and so she's like, take him to the tree. And then she does have some, like, I don't know if they're real knights or, like, ghost knights yeah. or whatever. We don't see their faces. Animate suits of armor yeah. um, that, that drag him and hang him up from the tree. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, dying, but it's, like, not dead yet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Ugh. And the spurs of the knight ahead of him start cutting the rope. Oh, this is so clever. It's so good. And he starts having this, like, vision as he's dying about the grail. It's really cool. It's like the drawbridge comes down and, like, the grail is there. And there's this big voice that's like, what is the secret of the grail? (laughs) And it's like, whoa, this is crazy. (laughs) It's, like, really, like, unsettling, Uh but, like, very majestic. Uh Um, And there's, like... You know, blood is dripping out of the grail. Yeah, one imagines it's Christ's blood, or it could be yeah. wine, or who knows what. Yeah, something. I, I mean, both those those are the, the same, same thing. Same thing, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who does it serve? Yeah. Um, and he's like, the drawbridge is closing, and he's kind of like trying to climb up it, and then in the real world, like the rope yeah, is cut, and he mm-hmm. falls, and he falls off the drawbridge in the vision, and. wakes and he's like oh no i almost understood and i failed Mm -hmm. like i fell and i failed um cut to morgana and mordred on some rocks in the castle and they're like i don't know it looks like like they've just bathed or something i couldn't it looked like a weird like sauna thing yeah they're like very they're wearing white and they're very they're like damp and i don't know what's going on but she's like you're gonna be the good boy you're the king (laughs) you're my good little king boy (laughs) and then we get a time jump and now he's a big king boy yes yeah they did a really good actor switch though yes they really really did and she like dresses him in this big boy golden armor Uh and like throws glitter at him and is like you're gonna go to camelot and make arthur give you the kingdom now and he's like yes mother i will (laughs) um i hate my dad (laughs) Uh, and she tells him that as long as he's in this armor, no weapon can harm him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that really comes up again. Uh, but she throws it glitter, and Mordred comes to the drawbridge, and Arthur meets him. He's, like, carried out on, like, a litter, and he's, like, super sick. He's so sick. he's not looking good. And Mordred's like, it's me, father. I hate (laughs) you. Give me the kingdom. (laughs) And, uh... Arthur's like, listen, I can't. I love you. You're my boy. <laughs> but I can't give you the kingdom, bud. And he's like, then I will fight you. It, it is war now. Yeah. And they do a war. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Percival is drinking out of a river. And he's just like, everything. He's just been just for 10 years. He's just wandering around. He yeah. doesn't have a horse anymore. Uh-huh. He's he's all banged up. His armor yeah. looks like shit. And he sees um, Mordred fighting urians in just some mud and it's bad yeah. like all these guys are just clashing in the yeah, mud in the mud yeah urians gets really hurt and um like falls and mordred like gives him another extra stab for good mm-hmm. measure and leaves him to die and then percival he's like been hiding like i can't yeah. fucking fight anybody right now like I, I i i gotta do this grail quest i i will die if i try to join this fight and tells um Tells the dying Urians that he saw the Grail, mm-hmm. and Urians is like, "You have to go. You're the, you know, you're the last one. Like Ooh. the people are calling you. Like you have to. Like everybody mm-hmm. else is dead. Like you have to go and fight." Um, and uh, he comes across a funeral procession. All oh, this bit. Um, and the peasants are just like angry as hell. Yeah. And 
they're like, it's a knight, fuck that guy. And this like old man that's like, fuck the knights, fuck it all. These people are liars and they, they yeah. promised shit and we're all dying. And it's actually an old crazy Lancelot. With a big beard. Big beard. He's the one guy that doesn't wear the beard well. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but he just looks astonishing. He's like a crazy yeah. old hermit guy. He looks crazy. And Is I don't even Borman know. Is this a Borman thing? Is this a John Borman original? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, yeah, there's none of this, like, yeah, Lancelot runs off an exile. Like, we've totally, yeah. This right. is all uh, This is all in a, in a brand new sequence. Like, yeah. we, we've reordered things quite significantly. Um, So, yeah, this Lancelot, I like I lo- this. I love it, yeah, the well, old, old crazy. Yeah, that he's, like, gone off into, like. That's just... Oh, that's the cat. Okay, I was like, it just opened by itself. Yeah, no, my house isn't haunted, everyone. Okay. It's just that my cat <laughs> opened the pantry. She likes to do that. <laughs> I was looking at it like, what's going on? Back <laughs> yeah, there? I saw you were like really alarmed, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, my cat just opened the pantry. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. She does that. Um, so yeah, he's like, they like yeah. beat Percival's ass do, yeah. and throw him in a river, and he almost dies, but he takes off his armor underwater. Yeah, and manages to escape death. Uh, and um. He, like meanwhile he's like lancelot lancelot yeah. arthur needs you like you have to go back like everything's mm-hmm. fucked up and we need you you're lancelot um but while like he's like having this near-death experience um percival has a new vision yeah he gets he another gets, go. he gets another shot mm-hmm. <laughs> at this at this vision and realizes like oh Arthur and the land are one and like in order to heal the land I have to heal Arthur and then he just receives the grail he just has it like he has this epiphany and has the grail and immediately brings it and it's a very cool transition because he's like all wet from the river he's like in his underwear um and he just like has the cup and is just like walking into Arthur's room Mm -hmm. and is like you have to drink this wine it will heal you and that will heal the land and he does. And Arthur's immediately better. Yeah. And Arthur's like, okay, I've fucked up <laughs> for a long time. Go like, we gotta yeah. get down to business. Because I've been, like, projecting mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Lancelot was, you know, carried my honor. Guinevere carried my guilt. Mordred carried my sins. The knights fought all of my causes. I have to be the king now. Let's fucking go. And I love that, meanwhile, in the background, Percival is just, like, kneeling by this chair. He doesn't move. Like, he's, he's just exhausted. like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did yeah. the he thing. Did what he needed to do. And it's, he's just, like, done. And he just, like, doesn't even move. It's great. <laughs> um, I love grown-up Percival. Yes! Boy Percival, again, I have similar problems as I do with boy <laughs> Arthur. Um, but, but grown Percival is great. And he has oh, some yeah. moments. Like, he's, he's yeah. really acting. Like, yeah, he's doing some, yeah. yeah, he's doing some stuff. And it's great. I really like Percival. Um, and we ride out, um, to, to O'Fortuna again. Mm -hmm. Um, It works much better this time, I will say. And we're, like, riding through these orchards that are, like, in new blossom. And the blossoms are, like, flying back. And it's, like, such a great indicator that, like, Arthur is healed and the land is healed. Immediately, yeah. Immediately, like, the plants are growing again and everything can, like, be good. And it's interesting because it's almost like, um, we've turned Arthur into the Fisher King. Yes, yeah. This like was, wounded king who's like this movie doing land it. is like in a yeah. terrible state because like the sort of this the 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 king is synecdoche for the land. Right. And so yeah, it's that's the Fisher King and we've just put it onto Arthur here. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um and the Fisher King is so part of the whole Grail thing. Yeah. I get it. That's yeah. a good choice. Makes sense. Um 
And, uh, yeah, the land is all reborn. And Arthur goes to Guinevere, where she has been staying in a convent. And is yeah. like, hey, I forgive you. And I hope that you can forgive me. Um, and she has had Excalibur all this time. Yeah. And gives it to him. And Arthur has a moment where he's like, I really wish I could be normal. Maybe someday I could just, like, be a guy and live a normal man's life. I don't get to have that. Yeah. Someday, maybe. But we all know he can't. Can't. He knows he can't. But, like, he dreams of just, like, getting to be a guy. Instead of a symbol for the land. Exactly. (laughs) Um... And uh, Arthur's army finds Mordred's mm-hmm. army camped sort of in the hills. And he's like, okay, we're going to we're gonna camp here overnight and we're going to fight him tomorrow. Yeah. And goes to a stone circle nearby mm-hmm. and sort of tries to talk to Merlin and is like, hey, bud, where are you? Like, I really could use your help right now. And Merlin's like, I'm in a crystal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... They have kind of a, it's like, he's just like, oh, Merlin, please come back, Merlin. And then Merlin just kind of like is there. And he's yeah. like, your love brought me back. back. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, he's like, is this a dream? And he's like, is it a dream? And then he's like, boops out of existence. Yeah. <laughs> it's really quite funny. Like, it he's is. just like instantly gone. Yeah. Um, and he's basically like, you know, Arthur realizes like, oh, Merlin is around. He's just kind of like a dream guy now. He just like is in our dreams. And that's where he operates and lives. He lives in our dreams. Yeah, he lives in our dreams. Uh, That's new. Yeah. It's neat. It's cool. It works. Um, And so he's going to do some dream espionage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And goes and visits Morgana. And is like, hey, Morgana, you're still looking hot as hell, girl. (laughs) And she's like, Merlin, what? And he's like, no, don't worry. I'm a dream. Um, you did that. Good job, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, listen, you're like kicking ass out here. Like, I bet you're a better wizard than I ever was. You should. Do you remember that, that the charm, charm of making that I taught you? Um, you should. You should try it again if you can do. I mean, if you can do it. <laughs> did if you forget it? Did you forget it? Like, you're, obviously you didn't because you're a better magician than me. So, like, you know, just do it, and I'll know <laughs> that you're better than me. And she's like, fine, and she remembers it and starts saying it. But of course, she's actually asleep. Yeah, in her strange uh, outfit. Her weird like breastplate thing. Uh huh. Doesn't seem comfortable. Metal bikini to sleep situation. In, but... Yeah, it's a weird choice. Yeah. Um, and so she's like asleep, and ha- he has like tricked her into using magic while sleeping, yeah. and smoke starts pouring out of her mouth. This fog is just like erupting yeah. from her. It's very cool. It is cool. Um, and it just like fills up everything, and the guy is like, Mordred, it's all foggy, and Mordred's <laughs> like. That- fucking happen my mom said it wouldn't (laughs) um and they realize that all the smoke is pouring out of morgana's tent and they go in there and she's like turned into an old hag yeah she used up all of her magic that had been keeping her young Mm -hmm. and she's this old old lady now yeah um really older than i would think she would have been at all yeah given that given how like she's not that much older than arthur right and arthur is like starting to get a little old he's like he's graying like, yeah yeah but he's not like old old and she's yeah. like very old now she's very old she looks like she's about 80 maybe she's used so much magic that it's aged her right she's more. having to like make up in a i don't know but she's like oh mordred and he's like oh and punches her in the, <laughs> in the face, face and then yeah. just strangles her to death yeah. it's awful yeah it's terrible um yeah so it's battle time yep and big final uh, battle big foggy battle and um it's so funny because they're like, how are we going to find Arthur's guys in all of this fog? 
Um, and they're like, well, listen for it. And it's so funny because it's like in the shots, in the shots where we could like, Arthur's army is closer. We hear O Fortuna louder. Oh yeah, and then so it's almost like they're listening for O Fortuna. O Fortuna. <laughs> yes, yeah. Listen yeah. to the song as they approach. <laughs> it will get louder. <laughs> it does feel that way. <laughs> and um, the you know Arthur's knights are like, well, there's not very many of us, but this fog, we can do things. You know, we'll we'll, we'll take them by surprise. We'll mm-hmm. do it the old way. And Arthur says, "Speed of horse." <laughs> <laughs> Speed of horse. Uh, <laughs> There's just some very silly, stilted moments in this film. Uh-huh. And the big fight happens, and it's terrible. It's yeah. just a really bloody fight. And uh, Lancelot rides in with his big old beard. Yeah, whoa. And they're like, what? Back. It's you! And he's fighting, and it's, he's winning the fight with them. Um, but he is wounded. Yeah. And uh, there's sort of a still moment after Lancelot has, like, fallen to the ground after, mm-hmm. like, saving the day. And Arthur goes to him, and he's like, hey, bud, like, we're totally okay. Like, thank yeah. you for showing up. And Lancelot's like, is Guinevere queen? He's like, yeah, she's queen again. Everything is okay, Aww. bud. And... It's so sweet. Um, I just—it's such a good moment when uh, when Lancelot's like, it, it, you know, it's this—it's the old wound. Yeah, it never, it never healed. healed, and it's yeah. like the old wound oh. is the wound in their friendship. Yeah. like oh, yeah. the old wound never healed. Um, and he has this really beautiful sort of tearful goodbye, and Lancelot can die. Yeah, uh, it's great. I love it. And hey, Boromir. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> So much. It's Boromir. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but it's great. We love it. Absolutely. Um, and the fog is lifting, and Arthur's like, uh, you know, he's like, okay, now's the time. And Percival's like, let me fight Mordred. And he's like, no, I have to fight my son. Yeah. And it's over. It's over so fast because. Oh, it's such a brief Mordred's moment. like, okay, father, time to do, time to die now. Yeah. And he just like stabs him with a lance, and, and then Arthur, Arthur like. St- comes closer and just stabs him with Excalibur. And it's like, like nobody tries to stop this. Like, yeah. Arthur doesn't f- do anything to avoid this. Mordred doesn't do anything to yeah. avoid this. Like, they just die. We just do that beautiful double stab. And Absolutely. it's such a shot because we've got that horrible red yeah. sun in the oh distance. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And just like as Arthur is like, he has to move closer. And so he's like moving up. Up the lance. Up the lance. Like the Urukai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's 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 really a, a remarkable moment. It actually is very oh, yeah. striking. Oh, um, yeah. With especially with that with the sky that oh, like it's, it's silhouette shocking, yeah. and it's it's incredible. It's it's a hell of a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mordred dies faster because yep. he's not the main character. Exactly. And uh, Percival is like trying to help Arthur and Arthur's like, Hey bud, you gotta take this sword and throw it in a body of water as soon as you can. <laughs> yeah. And he's taking Bedivere's job. Mm-hmm. That's Bedivere's job, bud. But okay. Percival goes out and he even does the thing where he rides out and he's like, I'm not gonna fucking do it and he comes back, comes and, back and Arthur's and, like, yeah. So what what happened? And he's like, nothing happened. He's like, You fucking didn't do it. Yeah. He's like, I couldn't it is somebody else could and he's like, No, you have to give the sword back right now. Give it back and he's like, Okay <laughs> Percival goes and it does it again, and the Lady of the Lake whoosh, catches, catches it out it. of the air. Iconic it's cool, moment. super beautiful. Takes the sword whoosh, down into the water. Yeah, it's mystical, it's magical, and Percival's like, "Okay, I see, I understand." <laughs> yep, yep. And then he goes back to where he had left Arthur, 
and he's gone. Um, and sees in the distance, um, Arthur is being taken away on a boat by three ladies of the yeah, lake. Um, yeah. and, uh, sails off into the sea. The end. It's also like the end of Lord of the Rings in a way. Yep, into the west. Yep. <laughs> um. Enya starts to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, so it's like the big beats are definitely there. We've, yes. we've made some changes because yes. um, as we've discussed before in Lamorte Arthur, like um, the, the sort of the reason why Mordred is in Lamorte Arthur, Mordred is just a knight of the round table. Right. He's not like an evil boy necessarily. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he ends up being so, but like he, he and Gawain and the other brothers um, sort of make Arthur confront Lancelot and Guinevere we've about seen- their... Yeah. Yeah, we've seen this. Movie versions that do a similar thing. Yes. And Mordred is hanging out for a long time. Yes. And, yeah. This is in Camelot. Camelot, yeah. Um, namely, but um then like so then we have sort of a fight with Lancelot and you know, they they have to lay siege upon the Joyous Guard. Yeah. And that lets that gives Mordred an opening to usurp Arthur and then they have to do war with Mordred. So right. we've done things a little differently here. Um, and it works. It's very Absolutely. effective. Yeah. Um, but that's because we have a very distant Mordred as opposed to a very present right. Mordred. Yeah. Um, and still a lot of things like to do this sort of like, and here comes Mordred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whereas true. in in the medieval texts and in Lamorte d'Arthur, he's just kind of around. He's just a guy. He's yeah, just yeah. a knight. And he does knight things until he uh, does evil yeah. things. Okay. <laughs> He's not the wickedest boy ever. He's just, like, a guy who tries to grab for power. Yeah. I can see why they changed that, though. Mm-hmm. Makes it more dramatic. Listen, yeah. I love this evil little child with his golden armor <laughs> and his horrible laugh. <laughs> I really do. Uh, it's fun. And the way that it seems like like he and Morgana just live in this awful, awful castle uh-huh. all alone. It's just creepy and weird. This, um... I know, we were mostly talked about casting already. Yeah. But two really odd things to me. Two of John Borman's children are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ingrain is one of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, John Borman's son... Yeah, is, is Little Mordred. Is Little Mordred. Yeah. Both really strange pieces of casting in their own way. Mm-hmm. They both do well. Effective, yeah. Yeah, exactly. they're both well cast. Yeah. Uh, this little, little boy is the worst. Yeah. He's just yeah. an awful little child. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really hateful. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one interesting thing also, and, and again, this is one of those cases of, like, they've just smooshed some things together. Mm-hmm, naturally. Um, Arthur does not break his sword fighting uh, Lancelot in mm. Lamorte Arthur. He's fighting King Pellinore. Oh. And, of course, he does, does not get a- appear in this film. Yes, Pelinor yeah. is nowhere to be found in this this film. Um, but it is this like um, it's it's a little different. So there's there's the sword from the stone, and this did not come out of a lake. We've, right, we've it's added a different this. Sword. Borman yes. has added this that this sword in the stone is also a lake sword. Yes. Um, in it's just Merlin set up this sword and stone situation. Right. We we don't where the sword came from. It came from Merlin. Like right, it just exactly Merlin did it. Yeah. Um. And so that's the sword that gets broken in the fight with Pelinor, oh. and then Merlin takes Arthur to a lake, and it's like, all right, time to get the Lake Lady sword. This is Excalibur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. clear from the title of the movie on down why that got streamlined. Yes. 
Totally. Sean Bowman was like, this is the story of one sword. Yeah, and it's, it, honestly, it's a good way of doing it because it's, like, kind of weird that there's two swords. And it's, like, yeah. both of them are, oh, yeah. sometimes both of them are called Excalibur, even right. though they're explicitly different swords. Different swords. Or it's, like, the first one is just, like, the sword in the stone, and then yeah. there's Excalibur that came from the lake. And so it's just, like, it's a rather elegant way of dealing with that confusion of the two swords. Absolutely. Um, and which is, and it's also funny because there is in, in Lamort Arthur another sword in another stone. Are you kidding? Come on now. That's like, yeah, that's related to the Grail quest. And it's like, the goodestest boy can pull oh, the sword yeah. out of this stone. Um, but if you try to pull it out and you're not the right boy, eventually, someday, that sword will kill you. Oh, interesting. And Lancelot's like, listen, I'm not going to do it. I know it's not me. <laughs> like, it is 100% wow. not me. I'm not going to touch it. And Arthur's like, Gawain, you do it. And he's like, okay. And he tries and he's not the boy, but he's like, it's oh. okay. Like, you wanted me to do it. So I did it. But, wow. um, yeah, it's this sort of, yeah. This whole, thing. this whole interesting thing on its own. It would not have fit into this film. Yeah, well, and it's funny because the Grail kind of comes up rather out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, It's just like they're like at Camelot and the Grail just sort of like appears oh. in Camelot oh. under a shroud. And it gets passed around to everybody and provides everyone with their most favoritest foods. Aww. <laughs> and they have a beautiful and delicious meal. And it's sort of like representative of like the way that god is like the greatest and best thing and sure, so it's like naturally. providing for them like all that they could ever want yeah. um and everybody gets to have this beautiful meal come from the grail and then it disappears and um i think it's gawain that's like i gotta go get this i gotta go find it like we got we didn't even get to see it mm-hmm. like i gotta find this mm-hmm. fucking grail we're gonna go on a quest and everyone's like yeah let's go on a quest to find the grail <laughs> and that's how the grail quest starts oh okay. there's none of this like arthur is sick thing that's that's all made up yeah to, to, for this, more tension more yeah. tension and they've just kind of taken the whole fisher king thing combined of with like this yeah. this wounded king um and it's it's a great device and it's related to because the fisher king had the grail before absolutely um so it's yeah it, it makes sense and it works really really well mm-hmm. um and you know just being like we gotta find the grail i guess it's like <laughs> better than being like look the grail appeared for a second yeah i wonder where it is for real yeah <laughs> like I they get like a that. sneak preview of the grail yeah <laughs> so yeah all of these things are like totally understandable changes but it is interesting the way that they that borman uh and his writing partner chose to Mm -hmm. to do that uh yeah that's i feel like that's probably i mean you know we've gone over all of this stuff in a lot of other episodes individually yeah yeah and and it's like i i feel like I, i want to kind of try to but like we can't go over it all this is yeah. a long movie and it covers much of this whole book and it's just too much to, to talk exactly. about all of it yeah so i i feel like those are probably the like the big yeah the yeah. big changes the big highlights. yeah i like that they actually do the like morgana is just a friend and oh, living yeah. at camelot for a while before turning on arthur that's good stuff yeah, yeah. i do like that and this sort of like weird will they won't they with merlin yeah <laughs> and, uh-huh, like uh-huh. that's a thing that's definitely a thing i mean merlin's you don't see like it too often you really don't yeah. um and yeah like merlin was into into morgana um but then of course it was ultimately his um obsession with nimue right that led to his death but since we don't have nimue um it's just morgana <laughs> that works it works for me 
Overall, it all works pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely does. It, I mean, it feels a little episodic, but that's because it's coming from a really episodic, episodic source. source. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like these actors, <laughs> and I, honestly, I like them more and more as the movie goes on. Yes. Oh, that's right. I did have other funny cast stuff. Yeah. To tell you about. Um, Liam Neeson and Helen Mirren were dating at this time. Oh. Which might actually be why they made the change. To have them flirt i don't know huh. interesting but they were they were briefly dating huh. uh helen mirren and nicole williamson who plays merlin were like enemies at this time they had done a production of hamlet together oh and it went poorly really yes he apparently was a really acclaimed hamlet in his day <laughs> i could see that was she <laughs> Ophelia? I don't know, and I couldn't find that out. I mean, given their proximity in age, it seems likely. I, yeah. I wouldn't think that she would have yeah. been the queen, so... But apparently, they... Um... No, it wasn't a production of Hamlet. I was wrong. It was mm. the Scottish play. <gasps> oh, and they were they were the... 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 spouses. <laughs> yes, they were the spouses. Um, John Borman knew that they had a rivalry and cast them... Because of this, thinking oh. it would be good for their on-screen tension. But they made up and became good friends <laughs> on the set of Excalibur. Well, that's nice. Isn't it? It kind of worked out. That's good. I'm, just, just, I'm happy. But apparently he was he has gone on record on the commentary as saying that he deliberately wanted to exploit their animosity. <laughs> Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's the hell of a way to do it, I yeah. guess. Um, apparently, the other thing they have in common, again, just according to Wikipedia, so who knows, not being able to pronounce the charm of making correctly, because it is written in Old Irish. Oh, And those yeah, are wonder... real words, and you can translate them. Huh. And apparently, it translates as serpent's breath, the charm of death and life, thy omen of making. Except neither of them are pronouncing it the way it would actually be pronounced. Ah. Uh, Which doesn't matter, but it's yeah. funny. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had wondered what that incantation was. Apparently it's just not from anything. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, I've never... In the sort of Arthurian tradition, magic is done in ways that are very vague. Yeah, like, oh, it, yeah. How magic is performed is not really discussed there's it's, no need to it's rare to see them like saying a spell mm -hmm. in one of these movies even yeah like yeah usually merlin has like a staff or something and he's just like oh yeah, he does in this movie too but he just sets up the tip on fire at one point i love his yeah. flamethrower <laughs> staff it's really funny <laughs> uh yeah you know it, it is i've always been fascinated by this whole thing of like you know merlin teaches these magical women mm -hmm. how to do magic but like what he is actually teaching them yeah, it's like it's, it's not unclear. Uh, totally unclear like yeah. how magic is done and how it is learned is not really discussed at all it just right. he just teaches them it's interesting yeah but i suppose they're like well we don't know how, i'm not a magician i don't know yeah. how, i'm not a wizard i don't know how magic was done i'm not merlin right i'm just thomas mallory exactly so uh yeah you know <laughs> but it, it does fascinate me like what are the how does he how do you learn magic? What are they teaching? Right. <laughs> How is magic performed? 
don't know. They just like yeah. shapeshift. Yeah. Mostly. That's the majority of the magic. <laughs> shapeshifting. Eh. Now this movie is incredible. Oh yeah. It's really really something. I mean it's it's an all time classic. Yeah. Watch it if you haven't seen it. I hope you didn't listen to all this <laughs> yeah. uh, without having watched it. <laughs> Because it's just, you know, not going to be, it's not going to mean a lot to you. Yeah. It's, but it's really like. It's pretty special. It's special. It, there's a reason why it is the the mold, you know, yeah. for everything. Like oh, yeah. everybody who made an Arthurian film after this is in some way. Yeah. Like in its, dis- like descended from it. Absolutely. And I mean, either, you know, we've seen all kinds of takes. I mean, like something like Kid Who Would Be King is different enough mm-hmm. that it can homage it. And not feel like it's just stealing. Right. You have other movies that are just kind of like not up to snuff in comparison <laughs> in various ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have something like Green Knight where it's like, yeah, this is the, went with the same vibe and also does it well. Yeah, oh, very well. Very well. Yeah, it's good. What, what else can I say? Yeah. What is there to say? It speaks for itself. Yeah, it really does. It's, it's harder to podcast about a good movie, I think we found out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is really lucky for us, because most of these most are, of these really are really pretty bad. <laughs> but it was nice to watch a good movie. Yes. So, Leonora, we're pretty yeah. excited about this next yes, one. We've yes, yes. We've been we're waiting for, for a this. long time. Yes, because we knew yeah. we had to watch this next one yeah. right after we did Excalibur. Because it was filmed at some of the same locations. Yeah, it was like filmed shortly after Excalibur using the sets and stuff from yeah. Excalibur. They um they cleared out <laughs> and left the sets. And and somebody said I could use that. Yeah. So what are we watching? We're watching Fire and Sword. Yes, it is it is another Tristan and his old movie. Yes. And it is starring Our... a very young <laughs> Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. We saw his little sweet boy face and we said we have to watch this movie. What a Tristan. So yep. I cannot wait. So this is 82. He's he's a baby. A little baby boy. <laughs> a sweet baby boy and he's Tristan and and so let we're going to we're going to watch that one in January. Yep. Happy New Year everybody. <laughs> uh, I hope you're having happy holidays. Oh yes. And we'll see you in 2024 for more Grail Quest. We're still questing. It never ends. Yeah, exactly. But until then, we love you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Film Broads production. Please subscribe and review where you listen and find us on Instagram and Twitter as Film Broads Pod. Our theme music is Holding Out for a Hero by Hildegard von Blingen and Whitney Avalon.